Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ryan Nile Show. Hey people, welcome back to the Ryan Nile Show. I know it's been a bit later than scheduled, um, but I've had a little break uh, for my birthday last week, um, December 3rd, and my wedding anniversary, which was on December 1st. So me and my wife went to Morocco for a little rest and recharge. Um, Tiny bit of noise in the background, I'm just cooking some planting to go with my dinner, (laughs) Um, which is always good. I'd just like to say thank you so much for all of your ears. Um, this show launched in the, at the start of October of 2019 and we're reaching the year end now. And um, as I'm getting used to this new show and putting it on YouTube and the whole visual side of things, I just want to say thank you for all your comments, all the support, all of your ears, eyes and attention. Um, I really appreciate it. My mission is to help uplift people and help people be kinder to themselves and be more vulnerable um, and continue to challenge myself to do the same. In the spirit of that, I uh, have a really, really interesting conversation for you to hear today. And it's with a new friend of mine, Beckford. Beckford and his partner, Naomi, were building their life together for seven years until sadly, she suddenly passed away two weeks before their son's first birthday. In a flash, Beckford's world was turned upside down and he became a solo parent whilst dealing with the intense grief following the love of his life's passing. In this episode, Beckford and I discuss what dealing with sudden grief has been like, and we also unpack what the experience of being a black male in London is like, and what it's like to raise a son. We also discuss love, relationships, using stereotypes to your advantage, generational wealth, credit, parenting, and so much more. We touch on so much in this conversation. Um, I'm going to upload the conversation as a a two-parter on on youtube if you want to watch that um but you can hear it in full right here on the show so please please if this resonates with you or you know someone else going through the same thing have them listen to it get them to reach out to myself or or beckford we are all ears i put out this stuff to help because i know so many people are going through things that they're not talking about and you know sometimes you just need to hear someone else someone else's journey and how they've overcome certain situations so don't be afraid to reach out to myself or my guest today let me know what you think in the reviews on apple podcast on the comments on youtube dm me on instagram that's at ryan.nile.show or message me on twitter that's at ryan nile and head to nile.show the website again i hope this helps now let's get into my conversation with Beckford. If you want to survive in this long, you need to hold on to things. Mm. So, and, and that's that, what we that need also to do. relates as to us as a community, exactly. which is what we're talking about. That's yeah, what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So that's why. So we're always giving that power <clears> away. So now we need to get to the point where we come together as a community and then say to this, okay, you work here, you do this, you do this. We can leverage on all our skill sets. And now when there's political, you know, angles that affects and impact us we can push against it and be like, mm. no, we now own X amount percentage of X amount of things. So if you do that, we take X amount away from you. Right. The, the conversation is now different. Mm. We're now treated different. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So for when they do that, and then now in the media news outlets now, when these other sides, so again, not the gangs. And right, yeah, that, yeah. Again, not got that. It. And then you've got the, 50, um, the 56 hoods. 
you know, people that work in architectural firms and all these different types of stuff mm. that shows you the, okay, there are more ethnic minorities that are doing great things mm. in law firms and, and all the, just independently and all these different types of stuff. Then that narrative changes of us as a community. So mm. I always find that interesting. Anyway. Definitely, man. Yeah. But that actually relates to what we're going to talk about um, nice. in terms of you're raising a young... Young son. Yeah. In Pharaoh. London. Yeah. Pharaoh. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted to talk to you about, well, I wanted to talk to you about your, just your experience over the last couple of years anyway, yeah. but um, just in, in relation to what we were just talking about, the, yeah. the, the, the grand scheme of, of um, everything, of us in, in London and, and in, in England and seeing what, uh, like Americans have done as a community. Yeah. <clears throat> how what are you taking from there to kind of um to influence your son and how, how's that been going so um depending on what outlet that you you may see me on mm. it it shows a different side of me everyone's multifaceted right people choose to show different sides of them i come from a world i come from a working class background you know i grew up in a state i was around gang violence never was in it myself but all the degrees of separation was slim to none. Right. I could walk outside, go to the left, and I can see stuff happening. Mm. So when I've come from that world and then I moved to a place called Hertfordshire, which is just on the outskirts of London, yeah. um, these are active choices that we made the, to look at life differently, right? So, so you, now, your, your family moved Your family. Out. So okay. my mum and dad split up. And my mum, we moved, we moved two places before we came to Hertfordshire. Right. So now I'm 14 years old. Mm. So... 11, 12 years old, I was in these abandoned houses. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm running around. Uh, to, me, it's like, to me, it's not, I'm not in crazy places because this is the community that I grew up in. So there's abandoned houses. That's what you've seen. Yeah. It's what I've seen. So to me, it's just like I'm a kid and I'm doing what the other kids are doing, right? And it's then normal. it's normal, and that, which is scary, right? Very. But it's normal, yeah. right? And then moving to Hertfordshire and I'm around, I'm, around, I'm now... Obviously, I was the majority in my community because it's just black and Asian. Do you know what I mean? There's white people that walk past my estate. Really? Yeah, because I, when I was when I grew up, I grew up in South London. Oh, sorry. See what I'm saying? When in, but in, then when I moved to Hertfordshire, when I moved to Hertfordshire, I went from being the majority in my in my community oh, to being the I minority see. in my community. I see, I see. Yeah. So then I'm walking around. I'm like. I can literally walk for 15 minutes and I haven't seen another black face. Mm. I haven't seen an Asian couple. I haven't seen any other demographic of person. So what was normal to you is it's suddenly now, not normal. Not normal to me. It's now alien to me, right? And and now I'm I'm a remove away from my family. I have a massive family. So I'm 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 here with it's just me, my brother, my brother moved away and it's just me, my mom, and I'm going to I went from a community college to go into a grammar school, right? So these the grammar school that I went to all boys grammar school. Um, literally, you're wearing like the whole Ralph Lauren aesthetic. You're, you're, you now, you now look like Carlton Banks. Right. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So that demographic from being Will Smith to Carlton Banks, that's, mm. that's it. Maybe not the same extreme because mm. I'm not in Bel Air. I'm in a middle class environment. Background. It's a good comparison. <laughs> exactly. But doing middle class things. I'm mm. doing, I'm playing rugby. I'm playing. Um, I hate rugby. Uh, I, by the way I love it until <laughs> I it? broke my collarbone I, I used to play football I used to play basketball yeah, yeah. the reason why I loved rugby is because there was a lot of pent up aggression that I mm. didn't know I had that I could get out on this white kid <laughs> do you 
<laughs> and I could That's run fast. That's why I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to pen off aggression. No, no, but I could run. <laughs> you could have run. <laughs> but it's the thing where, because obviously now in school, while I had the pen up aggression, is because there's certain elements of while I was in school that they will say things to me which comes off as passive aggressive. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm alien. Right. I exactly the same thing. Do you see what I mean? So in terms of passive aggressiveness, I had um, a PE teacher mm. that took me out of assembly I said, let's talk about your daft haircut. Oh, the hairstyles and everything. Because yeah. I had, what did I have? I just had a pattern. Mm. Like you, it's, it's late 90s, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it's I just something had a, you are. It's normal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. obviously it wasn't normal to them. Exactly. And that's the same thing. Mm. Like in the school, I had I had my hair out, afro, I had um, cane rolls, mm-hmm. and I was told to cut the hair. But there's like later on, when I think retrospectively, I'll come back to that point, but yeah. retrospectively, and this is all to do with like what my thought process is about my of son course. is. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, I had this aggression I didn't know I had playing mm. things like rugby, which is uh, they say that rugby is a fug sport for gentlemen, football is a gentleman sport for fugs. This is what they say <laughs> when we think about it. That yeah. is so true. Yeah, that's is. how I play football. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and and I'm playing um, uh, field hockey, and I'm doing all these different types of stuff, and I'm um, I'm meeting you know guys from all different ways of lives. Mm. Parents are like famous architects. I'm going to their houses and their houses is shaped like a freaking eagle or something like that yeah. yeah you know these different types of things and i'm 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 in a boxed estate my estate like when you actually look at my design of my estate there's one way in there's one way out it looks like a prison mm. when you actually look at the structure of yeah it. yeah so and now i'm in this place where there's like fields and then there's different types of houses and you're having different types of conversations and then you become more inquisitive and mm. then you ask oh hey mr so-and-so what was the point in this, like, the, like, what was the design of your house? Like, yeah. the, oh, you're a nice, like, like, cause kids that are there in that environment, it's nothing new to them. So they're not questioning it. Mm. So the parents don't, oh, that's so-and-so's son. Who cares? Yeah. But with me, I'm being inquisitive and asking all these questions. They like me yeah. because now I'm taking an interest in their life and mm. things that they like doing. So mm-hmm. they would sit down and they would break down things to yeah. me. And you're just genuinely curious. Curious. Yeah. But this curiosity has now opened several more doors to these different worlds that I didn't know exist. I knew we were, we were alike, but I didn't realise <laughs> like, how much because <laughs> my... My teens were, were pretty much the same. So, mm. well, even primary school. So I went to a primary school and it was like, um, football managers, yeah. kids, and footballers, um, kids, and that, and that was a mad juxtaposition mm. for me as well. It's exactly the same, same thing. thing. So you go for sleepovers and stuff like that, and you just see how much, much life was different, and just the conversations and 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 things like that. Like, yeah, it, you, it does make you curious, and you just does, ask different exactly. questions. And that's the thing. Mm. And then um, it was one of my friends' dad said to me, I said. He said to me, um, the worst thing that a person can do is not ask questions at all. Yeah. So, I'm like, what do you mean? You, you're told if you, you know, like my, my mom was like, you're talk, not talk too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut <laughs> up. You know? <laughs> and so we, we were taught to listen. When parents mm. are talking, when adults are speaking, don't you, speak. you, you don't speak when mm-hmm. adults are speaking. Big and you know talking. when big people are talking, mm-hmm. this is big people time, mm-hmm. right? So those. Those types of mindsets that we had, even though it created a, a parent-child dynamic, respectful, and yeah. that, and it works because it worked for you know their parents and stuff. So they're not actually in the wrong for saying that. Mm. But what they're doing is actually taking away the inquisitive nature in us, the natural questions that we would ask. Mm. So now I'm asking all of these questions, and I'm getting into these different worlds to find out about all these new different things, and I'm loving it. Mm. I'm still a bad you. 
I still do bad yeah, yeah. stuff. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of like, I might, I might be in class and I, um, I'm not, I'm not as settled as the other kids because I'm used to the, the activities. Sure. I'm, I'm used to, you know, in the hallways, I, I don't know, it could be June, but there's fireworks being let off in the hallways. There's always something happening. Mm. And now I'm in, in a classroom and it's structured and there's maybe one or two kids in there that might, I don't know, quote unquote, they might be, um, classified as ADHD right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that term is. But mm. they they were just active in it. So we would always be the kids that get kicked out of class. Me because I've I, I came from this over stimulated environment to this mm. now keep calm, peaceful environment. Um and then but still being inquisitive, asking the questions, challenging the teacher while they're you know they're asking. Yeah. English literature, my English literature teacher hated me. He hated me. <laughs> because when he's telling me what a poem meant and I was like, isn't that down to personal perspective? Yeah. Isn't that down to how you see those words? Is, mm. uh, my opinion of this poem is this. Uh, get out of the classroom. Yeah. Because I'm disrupting the classroom. Right. Because I'm... Because you're asking a question. I'm asking a question. Mm. You're challenging, challenging I'm challenging the, the teacher. <clears throat> Do you see what mm. I mean? So anyway, as you, as you move and we progress and I've now, I've got to the point of now there's all of the things that I grew up in um, is now become alien to me. I'm always going down to see family members, but then the, the time I go down to see family members is now fewer and fewer because I'm being adopted into this new lifestyle. I'm hanging around with different kids now. I'm having different types of conversations. And I'm, I'm actually, my mindset is changing slowly, mm. right? I know things like, I, I had to literally say to my cousin, and I, I've adopted slam, slang back now. Right. But I had to say to my cousin, in order for me to get money, I had to, learn the language of money. So I had to speak the part. I needed to be the um the well spoken. Oh you articulate yourself you articulate yourself very well. Yeah. And, oh you're very proper or you speak well. I've literally had people say you speak very well oh, for too, a black yeah. guy. And yeah. I was like they actually actively say it. Mm -hmm. And it's like um I went through that period of actually having to do that and structure myself that I can then maneuver and talk in these new worlds as I'm developing and growing as a person. Yeah. And then assimilating. Assimilating. And then you get, then you realize, okay, while I was a child in this child environment, because it's school and then there's education and you've got the blanket of that, the safety net of that, when you go into the real world, your blackness is an issue. In how a form that you want to think it, because mm. I can't. I'm now a young person working for a blue chip company, being the face of the company for whatever I'm managing, mm -hmm. right? And I'm now going to the heads of these departments. I'm going to you know the store managers, and I'm having conversations on how to artic like how to best place the brand's products in places. And they're looking at me like, who's this young black guy talking to me? Yeah. Um, I'm a 45-year-old, 52-year-old, middle-aged, white guy, grey-haired guy. My wife's a lawyer and I live a very nice lifestyle. On our weekends, I drive my Porsche. Do you know what I mean? And you're now talking to me. Who are you? Mm. Why are you having this conversation mm -hmm. with me? There's plenty of times I've turned up to meetings and in these meetings, and I'm about 23, 24 this time, um, and they're disregarding me. Oh, are you so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they will come out, they will look and be like, oh... He's not here. Please <laughs> let me know when so-and-so arrives. And I'm like, oh. hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. So then you then- Overlooked. Then you're overlooked. So then that 
pent up aggression comes again because now you're discovering that your blackness is a is an issue. Mm-hmm. You're now doubted. Yeah. You're now uh, you work twice as hard. You don't get half as much. That saying that we've heard a lot, and it's true. And then when you realize that, okay, I went to university, I graduated, I've I've become well spoken. I've now my presentation is now different. I'm no longer. I removed myself from the culture I grew up in. I so I'm no longer the stereotype but yet still the color of my skin becomes an issue to you it's an issue to you and that's due to the outlets that they see the things that they see you know the the rappers and all these different types of stuff that i'm still classed as that no matter mm-hmm. what my output is no matter how you speak no, no matter how you present how you, yourself exactly. no matter what uni you've gone to no matter In, where you work exactly it's like what kanye said even though you bought a coupe you're still a nigger in the bents right that's it and it's the truth you could have the most expensive whip but you are still classified as that particular type of person mm. so then you go through and you more through that that i guess it's frustration you can say it's anger i went through a period where i disliked white people mm. and that's just purely because i didn't understand why they're treating me this way when i've been nothing but nice to you i've opened my door to you i want to engage with you i want to have come conf- these conversations with you like i would have with during school with these white parents that are architects and all these different types of stuff and they're yeah. like oh you're a nice guy i like you 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 should come around more often i'm asking i'm actually being that same person maybe 10 10 10 years down the line yeah but i'm not getting the same type of response no because you're not you're not a kid i'm not a kid anymore yeah you know what i mean i'm now an adult i'm now i'm built i played rugby yeah so my shoulders got bigger right, right. i look more you know so and so intimidating <clears throat> i'm a black guy i'm intimidating by default so and so forth so all these things of now and then i've like realized that i can't i can't live like this like i can't dislike you because you dislike me right yeah, yeah so yeah. then I sat down and I said, oh, what do I need to do to like move into a different field? I want to be now, if, if the work that I'm doing on this face of the company, if I'm the face of a company for you know, product and, and I'm, I'm going to these retail outlets and you're now disrespecting me as a face of the company, I now need to be back office. I need to have the most output, get the value for it, get the recognition internally and I don't have to deal with general public, general right. perception. Mm. It, it's literally work for work, right? But I've built up such a, such a tolerance that I had to work twice as hard to achieve half as much. That yeah. When I did move into the corporate, the world, and I start doing things more corporate, my output's still the same. Mm. I'm still working twice as hard. Yeah, because that's the, the grit that you've built. Exactly. But that twice as hard, <clears throat> so my 200% is now... My 100%, sorry, is now their 200%, right? Yeah. So my output's fantastic to them. So as soon as they got rid of seeing my, my, my color, because I've now did great stuff for your company, I can, work, I can work half as hard, right? I can work 50% of my capacity, still 100% of your capacity, which is what I mean, mm. after I solidified myself in the company. Mm. And but then you still I start, have to solidify yourself. I still, of course, everybody, <clears> and this is a problem that we have. that you're kind of granted. Exactly. Mm. But I feel like everybody has to, I guess, has to do that. Everybody has to gain respect from whoever you work to. It's nothing's given. It's, it's like you can't just expect to be giving things. You have to earn your keep, right? And But then I started to realise things like when I'm in the boardroom now, my build is actually intimidating to these guys. My output's great. Mm. My build is intimidating to these guys. And you because can see that in the body language? In the body language. So that means if I had a strategy 
which is flawless in terms of what it's done to the business. And I can give you two options. I can actually lean on you with my intimidation, not really being intimidating, but I can lean on you and you'd be like, okay, we go for that part. <laughs> so now I've now switched everything. Play the card you dealt. Exactly. So me being a black intimidating guy outside on outside in the street that you can see this rapper like, I can now leverage that in the boardroom mm. to then hold the cards. These are the strategy points. This, this, the output's great. Because you're going to get the great result anyway. Yeah, yeah. But now it's just like, there's not an argument point. There's no mm in an arm. It's, oh, he's, his arms are big. So uh, let's, let's go with that one. <laughs> right, exactly. Because as humans, we are very emotional and feeling based anyway. Yeah, and you, we pick our battles. Exactly. Mm. Well, I don't want to argue with him right now. Exactly. exactly. Let's do it. You, mm. you can do whatever you want to do, but at the They'll back give you the benefit, the benefit, benefit of the doubt now. Exactly. Mm. So then... So after I went through that minefield of just understanding my blackness, my positioning in the world, me going from a child to a man, and like I guess me going from um, the different forms of demographics, mm. and I would never say I'm middle class because I'm I still have access to worlds that middle class people know nothing of. Mm. So I can never ever say that. But my son shouldn't have that issue. My son shouldn't feel like he has to, he he's not he can't ask for things you know i had a conversation with one of my friends the other day and she said you know the difference between wealthy people and poor people she didn't want to say the word poor people but i was like yeah poor people just right. say wealthy because she yeah, comes yeah. from a she comes from that background oh, right? okay she, she's uber wealthy yeah and she goes she's like wealthy kids ask for everything they will ask for everything mm. everything oh i need a million pounds channel Donald Trump, I asked right. my dad for a small, I need that. A small loan, loan, yeah. a so, small loan of a million pounds. He asked. He's mm. so, because cause no, and and the, the, the being pushed back from things is alien to him. They always right. get what they want. They always get access to these things. Yeah, yeah, that so makes sense. So no is what? That's the entitlement, right? Mm. That's the class entitlement. We always think that because we come from the struggle that we have to do everything on our own back. Yes. So we never ask for everything. So right. then we then develop ego and pride and we resentment for people that we see are striving within us because we know how hard it is. Especially as males, man. And especially if, like growing up in London where you're, you know, people block themselves because they can be seen as breeders or... Exactly. And this is the thing, right? So we don't want to help each other now. No, no. Because I, I know how you're shame, you're, It's shameful to help or to ask for help. For help, exactly. Yeah. So th those are two things. Shameful to help, mm. like in terms of, because you don't want to bring someone in that can destroy your brand. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's also to ask for help is shameful. But you have these kids on this other side asking for everything. Yeah. And they're messy as hell. Mm. They're out here going to these clubs, doing all these things, doing these hit and runs, doing all of that. These things happen. Mm. Parents just clean it up for them. It's cool, right? But so... She was like, ask. Ask and you, you ask, you will get. Like, yeah. So I start asking. I start doing those types of things. Mm. I start looking at those types <clears> of <throat> language. I start looking at the financial languages. So why are we connected? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. looking at why is it that in the black community, in the urban community, everyone has bad credit? So I just, I started to look at the spending habits and how we loan money amongst each other. Mm. And that when we loan money and we don't get money back. So now I stopped loaning money to people purely because I can't, now my money is now dependent on whatever impacts your life. Do you, do you get what I mean? You said you started? No, I stopped. Start, yeah, me too. I stopped. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because there's interest involved. Because <laughs> once you, if you got a 10 pounds, right? Yeah. And you keep lending everyone one pound, that one pound might not come back. Mm. So what you could have done to 
flip that £10 to £100 to £1,000 to whatever it is to then make someone else eat bigger, you've just ruined that chance for me. So you have to be selfish there to then come back and like expand. Yeah, for the bigger picture. For the bigger picture. And that's the... Exactly. We don't look long-term. We don't look at the bigger picture, Mm. right? So, and this is... And this is now... There's so many levels and layers to that as well in terms of like generational genera- wealth. And, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So this is the reasons why I started to write the blog posts yeah. about black people and credit while we're fearful of it because we don't want bailiffs at the door and it all come, comes down to pride. It all comes to not wanting to ask for help and mm. all these different types of mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it started to be so crazy for me, right? And then at the same time, my partner we got to a point where we said, okay, whatever happens, happens. If we have a child, we have a child. We're happy with this, right? So we got to the point that we did the pregnancy test. It was positive. She was like, she knew she was pregnant. We knew exactly when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Exactly. We knew what she what, thought it? We've been in, what episode was it? There was a TV program. She was like, oh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, I forgot what TV program it was. She's like, yeah, yeah, I know this time. There's I a film, there's a, there, I remember that, but there's also a film called Mother. Mother. Where um, that same thing happens Tapping. as well. She's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I'm She's pregnant. Like, Don't yeah. you want to do a test? No, I can no, feel no, it. I can <laughs> feel it. Yeah. So we knew. So then I started, I started to think, okay, and this is where it's poetic for me. Mm. So I started to think, worst case scenario, if my son becomes another statistic in the terms of growing up in a single mother household, yeah, being um, without a father, what could he then grab from me, my findings throughout my journey, throughout right. my life? that he can gravitate to and at least get a tone of voice of what his dad may or may not want him to do in life and how to guide him. So I started U by design. Yeah. H-U-E by design. Yeah. Hue. Yeah. As in colour right. by design. Black yeah. by design. Mm-hmm. We are, this is what we are, right? And, um, and I started to write letters to, it was meant to be through the past, present and future. The past was letters to like my parents as in, while I respect your journey, there's certain things that we could have tweaked to elevate and bring us forward. Mm. Um, present as in, to my, to my community, to my people, yeah. these letters are for you. And then to my future, which is to my son. Mm. But I ended up writing more towards the present and future because at the same time, I didn't want to disrespect my parents' yeah, yeah, generation. Because yeah. they worked hard to get here. My dad was on the wind rush. He came mm. over. He worked hard. He built up himself. Yeah, you know they what I mean? did their best. They did their best. With what they had, they did their they best. They did their so best, yeah. It, and also the, um, the, the, uh, the goals would have been different then yeah. for, for, for that generation. Exactly. It was about survival. If we, exactly. if we think about going to another country that you've never seen, you've only heard of, you're promised yep. A, B, and C, yep. um, and you have to go and make a life for yourself. Exactly. Then you're faced with all kinds of racism and discrimination. Women can't do things that things, men can't do in yeah. terms of like buy a house and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so their goals, their, their dream was, mm-hmm. all right, I want to get there. I want to survive and build a family. Yeah. So in that sense, they achieved that. You know exactly. I mean? yeah. Which allowed our, our generation to then, in like the Maslow's Mas- hierarchy kind of thing, just, just think a bit beyond that. Exactly. But where... While I agree with this, and it's the truth, mm. they were they, right now. We live in an oversaturated <clears throat> country. Everything's oversaturated. Everything's inflated. Everything's money. When our parents came over here, <laughs> they were in the period of building prosperity. Yes, and so they could get a mortgage based on one payslip. Yeah, yeah. 
they could get X, Y, Z, this. So the flow of money was more easier access to them. Maybe the mental impacts, maybe the doors were closed for sure. them, but the access to money was literally, you can go to the bank today, you can mm. take out a 10 grand loan, what are you doing? Yeah. The only reason why you can't get that 10 grand loan is not because you can't, it's because you're black, basically. Mm. So you go to the bank where- Or that, a woman. Or a woman, yeah. yeah. So you would then- you can use a strategy to get that 10 grand loan. Whatever Which is want. what they had to do. They had exactly. To together. Exactly. Yeah. But now we're in, we're now in a period where obviously now it's oversaturated. We don't get those, that same privileges. Mm-hmm. Everything is calculated and that's just due to that generation. But yeah, I really yeah, want sure. to talk to about the baby boomers because <laughs> we all know about them. They right. cuss us. But yeah. So yeah, the baby boomers and all that, that type of life and the prosperity mm. that's been built up and you know what they had to go through in terms of mental impacts and now onto you. Uh, but the access they had to money, we're now flipped over, right? We're now given, like our generations are given a sense of, of s- sense of security, right? Mentally, right? right? Yeah. So we're given the validation and stuff like that. At school, you're good enough mm. and stuff like that. There's no such things as winners and everyone just compete. Um, Being, you know, in, in the race is good enough and all that type of stuff, but the money's been taken away from us, right? These are the these are the things that have been taken away from so us. So it's harder to so do it's the basics. So it's harder to do the basics, mm. right? So then I'm looking at the black community and be like, you guys had so much access to money, it was squandered. I'm gonna just say it like simplify it. I know it's there's for and against us on that, yeah. But it was squandered um for the flow of money that was coming into the economy at that time. Right. Yeah. And then you guys because you were so, because money was easy to get for you or cars were easy to get and all these type of stuff that you just stopped paying your bills. You know what I mean? You wanted to do whatever. Then you had bailiffs on your door and then you had those stresses that you didn't know that was going to come. Fell into the traps. Fell yeah. into the traps of it, right? Mm. That money needed to be made back. You signed that thing. So then they've grown that tolerance and that fear now of, of credit. Of credit. Yeah. Because uh, I've been given £10,000 because I got it so easily. Whatever method I did, do it, you know, I got my husband to go get it from me from a banker that it's okay with black people. Right. But then they just spent the ten thousand pounds but they didn't want to pay it back. Yeah. Right. So that's why they got all of that bailiffs on the door knocking and bailiffs are aggressive. Bailiffs are twice as aggressive as well, because these ba- bailiffs are white guys that hate you. Mm. So they've now got a law that says I can kick through your door, right? Yeah. And I can do all of this hate race thing to you legally. Mm. Right, so that's why they've got the tolerance of hate and credit, right? So then, when it came to like us now as children, they would scaremonger us away from it. No, don't credit card. Why? Oh, I had that. You see what I'm saying? You don't need a credit card, yeah, yeah, because of what they've gone through, or what they see that their neighbors gone through, or all these different things, right? So then, there is like a big nugget of access to money to flip money to then make more money and such and such, which is ripped away from us due to fear the fear of bailiff's knocking at your door mm. i didn't want my son to grow up that way yeah. i didn't want my son to look at money as a as something a, to be fearful of to be fearful of yeah or to look at something as money as something that's real money is not real mm. and we can touch on that point a bit later yes yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know so like so i wanted that's why i started to write these things and mm. then obviously my son came along and life hit so time was not as, I, I became time poor, 
right? So I couldn't write the blogs the same way I wanted to write the blogs. I was just stuck into raising my child. Right. You know, being mm-hmm. a good father. I'm still creating myself in terms of my career at this time. So I've yeah. now moved from the retail to now the back office. Yes. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. To now working with these businesses, learning project management, business analysis, and learning to speak the language, learning more marketing on that side and being that person that I developed myself to Self-actualization. Be. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then that's that's the point where we kind of cross paths. So, exactly. you know, I saw your, there was a thread on Twitter and it was the first time that I uh, took in financial language in, in a way that I understood it because you wrote it in a way that I would, exactly. I would understand. And I, I was wanted like, my people to understand right. it. I wanted the people that grew up in a similar background with mm. the similar knowledge that mm. I've had to understand it. Yeah. So that's when I then, it's layman's terms, right? So... I broke down what a car finance would look like. Because mm-hmm. we were told, oh, if, oh, this guy got his car on finance. He's an idiot. And that was a bad thing. It's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you're telling me you put 30 grand down. You you somewhere found, like, within this economy to save 30 grand, yeah? And you put that 30 grand on your car. And as soon as you drive out of the lot, less than a mile, yeah, less than half a mile, mm-hmm. you've now lost eight grand off yeah. that car. That's not financially savvy. That's vanity. If mm. anything, you just blew eight grand because you bought the car cash. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to put down a small little down payment, pay off the depreciation of your car, and then you can switch the car over, treat it like it's a mobile phone contract because mm-hmm. that's what that's the, the model of everything now. Right. But in order for you to understand where you where places to get rid of ownership because mm. it's a liability mm. and places to own ownership because it's an asset yep. we then had to break it down into small pieces mm. so what could financing a car do for me increase your credit okay it could increase my credit that means you have more access to money right all right cool that's one thing so you can get more loans and stuff like that all right cool then what does that now do? The banks now trust you. So then when you're going to get your mortgage, because that's the, the, the British dream, mm-hmm. is to be your own owner. Yeah. You then, the mortgage APR that you get now, the, the whatever it is, goes from 6.1 APR or whatever it is, which is overinflated. Like that's crazy amount because it's compounded interest. Mm-hmm. To now three point something, two point something, if your credit is amazing and you show years of paying things back. Yeah. That translates. That's a massive difference. Exactly. You're saving. So because you took out a car that is worth 30 grand, you put three grand down on the car, right? So you still got 27 grand. And over the next three years, you pay 400 pounds on it, which is we're not, it's just rough maths, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're looking at five, 15 grand. Yeah. So 18 grand. You still got 12 grand there, but because your payments have been so great, so you still kept 12 grand mm. and then you can change the car, you can do whatever you want to go, whatever with the car. Because you showed that you're great with your finances there, the banks are now saying, oh, we're not going to give you the 4.1% now, we're going to give you the 3.2% or we're yeah. going to give you the 2.8% on your mortgage when you go get your mortgage. That can translate to 50 grand. You saved 50 grand. Mm-hmm. You saved 80 grand. You, the types of mortgage products you got offered to now is completely different. Yeah. So yeah, you may have blew 50 or 18 grand here on a car that doesn't belong to you that if, if, if you miss a payment that they can take the car, that's the risk you take. Yeah. But if you manage it well, in five years, when, you're go, when you want to get rid of that car, because there's European laws to surround about, um, to safeguard 
people within a, a car finance contract as well. Mm-hmm. So the European laws, if you got, it's half the time. So once you meet half the period of the time, you can just give the car back. Okay. People don't know that. They won't tell you that as well mm-hmm. because literally you can just give the car back, right? right? So you got your car for three years, a year and a half go through. I don't want a car no more. Give the car back. Any equity that you may have in a car from your deposit, you've lost it. But you can but do then cost you, benefit analysis exactly. across that, get rid of the finance option on that. So that's no longer on your credit rating. You've got great credit now. You can then go get a mortgage with more now because that finances that you took away from your car is now mm. finances available on your mortgage type. And then you benefit long distance. We don't know that. We don't know this stuff. Because it comes from the shame in the first but place. The shame. Because the, the shame exactly. was how can I finance a car? Yeah. Oh, you don't own it. Mm. You can drive a big, big car and you don't even own oh, a car. Oh, I mean, as teens, you'd see people with um, with nice cars. And then the first thing you would hear from someone around you, oh, I bet it's a lease. I bet it's a lease. And it's like, oh, I, I, hope it's it, I hope it's I hope a lease. lease. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I hope it's a lease. Mm. And then, and then, so then <clears> when <throat> you're having these conversations now, I'm having, I had a conversation with one of my friends that he works in, um, in insurance and he worked his way up to like the lawyers of London. He's thinking, he said he's been bankrupt six times. He declared bankruptcy six times. This guy is, I think he just turned 50 something. That yeah. Wow. So, so throughout his lifetime, he's been bankrupt six times. Wow. And he's like- More than one, once a decade. Yeah. So bankruptcy, again, that's a bad thing, right? Apparently. Apparently. Apparently, mm. it's a tool to just clean stuff off, start again, yep. go through the first buffer period of the year, mm-hmm. and then the next two, three years, if you've got the capital, you can leverage the capital, then by the third year, you're back in the game, mate. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can people don't money. know these things. People don't know yeah. these things. So these are the things I wanted to document down. Yeah. So my son can come back in a later life and just look at him and be like, okay, I shouldn't be scared of money. So you touched on something um, mm-hmm. when when that thought came into your mind about um, single mother, mm-hmm. if you weren't there, you would want yeah. your son to have something that had your character and your your knowledge in it. Exactly. What was the thought behind that? Just, you were just thinking like logically. Logically speaking, just right. due to the statistics right. of what it is, is that there are more single mothers out there and I've never, never seen a single father raising a child before. In fact, in my community, the father is normally running away from the responsibility. So I'm, that's something that's never popped into my mind. And obviously, even as an option, yeah, this is the reason why it's poetic. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. This that is way. why it's poetic because everything I was doing and everything I was creating, getting life insurance, all these different types of things, mm. creating that if the worst happened to me, my son would be okay, my son will have guidance. And then, 11 months old, my partner dies. She's 29 years old. She's she goes jogging, she does yoga, she eats clean, she's well composed, she has no health problems, body fat is minimal. Mm. And your heart just gives a you go into the hospital, in and out of the hospital. This is a crazy story anyway. In and out of the hospital over the course of two weeks, and it just goes from good news to bad news. You're being discharged, you're fine, you're this, you're this, you're that and that. And then you go in on a Friday morning to get your blood results. They keep you overnight because your your vitals are not, they're not comfortable with your vitals. And then you ring me 
Saturday morning at 7.42am in the morning to say, oh, babes, they're just moving me to intensive care right now. They just said they wanted to take more care with me and stuff like that. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. All right. Took my time at that time. My son, I was taking my son's hair out. I was washing my son's hair. I said, when, when I'm going to the hospital now, I'm, I want my girl to see, you know, my partner to see me and my son. And I've been looking after him for the last two weeks. Of course. Do you know, I've been being, and and this is where I, I guess this is where, because now I, I believe in, um, what I say, the law of power in terms of actually when you think on something, it may happen, right? And this this goes through my, this is my own internal personal battle. Mm. I said to myself, in order to understand what my partner goes is going through in terms of being a mother and raising right. the child right. during her maternity, because I'm at work. After mm. they I come home and then that's when I support. I want to drill down and focus on what it would be like to be a single father. I'm taking on the full responsibility of raising my child as a single part father and making my girl proud right now. Mm. And so this is in that two weeks. This is in the two weeks because she's in the hospital. I'm taking on the full on responsibility and I'm just taken in to say, what would it be like to be a single father? By the end of the second week, what I was thinking on in order to be a single father and raise my child came to life. So now I don't think on things like that now. Now my energy towards thinking on things has changed. This is an internal battle for me because yeah. I could have said I willed her death, but that's that's philosophy. That's whatever it is. Isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. it's not a thing that I'm going to, it's not a guilt that I have or whatever it is, but it's just a thought process that ran through my mind. Of right? course. Um, so everything's going to run through your mind. Exactly. Every single element. Even like we, we was even saying that uh, once we go through this NHS situation, we're going to go private. So, because the doctors... Yeah, because you're having these conversations. There. Exactly. Can we just, because there's a lot to unpack. And, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so... 11 months after having Pharaoh, how, how long were you with your partner? Is it Naomi? Naomi, yeah. So we were at the time we were together for coming up to seven years. Pharaoh was two weeks when she passed. He was two weeks away from his first birthday. So she didn't get to meet his first birthday. And the, the following month would have been our seven year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. So, and at this point in time as well, We've now drilled down. I've moved to Spain. I lived in Spain for six of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I remember. I took that jump because I said, you know what? The UK market right now is crazy. I need to get this experience. And so I need to go to Spain. So I moved to Spain. I was in Spain for three months. So I was a FaceTime dad for like three months. Brought my family over. Yeah, we were living in Spain. And then we moved back over to then make the moves. And so then we scaled back our lifestyle here as well. We're now living in her parents' living room. Mm. People don't know this. We've scaled back. We're now living in our parents' living room to to then make the next move, mm -hmm. to do, to buy this house or yeah, to do sense. this. So we downscaled our life. So I guess in this term, so I can better myself we can leverage everything that we have and then it's kind of like we're, we're taking a step back for the mad run-up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so for sure, 100%. we now blast through. So we got to the point now where we're looking at apartments and places and stuff like that, found the place and apartment, boom, everything there, da, we're going, we're making these moves, da 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 da, da. During that period, she dies. During that period, she dies. My whole life is flipped upside down. I'm going through all of these different thought processes and stuff like that. So now... My son was just, we just got our son into preschool as well. And like, so um, they got their insurance license from when they're one years old. So mm. 
there was a two week period in which while I was still working, because I was working for a bank at the time and I had to work from home, be a full time dad with help from family as well and do work from home, process my grieving process how to raise this child that just stopped breastfeeding the reason why he just stopped breastfeeding is because the antibiotics that she was on yeah made her breast milk toxic to him yeah so then he's now has to adapt to like not being breastfed just pure bottles to all these different types of things my whole thought process of me leaving any form of you know imparting any knowledge of him is now gone i'm now back in survival mode again I worked so yeah. hard to get out of survival mode. But it's a new it's a new survival mode. This is parenting. Like, I'm now only... So, solo parenting. Solo parenting. I just had to <clears throat> strap my son to my back. Yeah. And, and so everything of who I was and who I am and who I wanted to be flipped. I was no longer a young entrepreneurial type person. I'm a, I'm a solo... Your whole life changed my partner who's seen my growth who helped me grow who told me when i was messing up yeah how to and i had to i guess in certain elements reduce some of my personalities so we could fit and work as a unit yeah so there's certain aspects of me that i had to rip away because we had the arguments about it to be to work great as a unit and become one i've there's a heart there's a whole element of me that I locked away in a box. I don't mm. know who you are no more. Do mm. you know what I mean? So, and then that person that is now my, she's my emotional support. She's my mental support. She's also a black woman. She's also, she was working in strategy at a time for a alcohol company. And so she's also gone through like maybe a bit in terms of years, she might be like two years behind me in terms of the emotion and mental impact in being black in this industry. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's a black woman in this industry. Which is a, it's a double level. Blow. It's a du- <laughs> double <clears throat> blow. So now I'm even more sympathetic to her. Like just as I've now fell more in love with the black woman because you're strong. I got a black man struggle, but uh, I can leverage that cool because lads will be lads there's always that common ground you're now a black woman in a white male dominated thing Mm. yeah you could be sexualized and and whatever it is yeah but you are seen again lesser and then you're undesirable as well because on like recent um I think it was like in the independent 2015 that the black man was classed as the most attractive while the black woman was classed the most unattractive because the standard of beauty is not in their, is not in their favor. favor at all. Ex- exactly. So I'm now looking at this woman like, you're, you're amazing. All this stuff you that you've got. Yeah. Exactly. I see what the world has done to her mm. as a woman, what she has to go through and being black and what she go through and that. And then leaning on her for emotional support and she's leaning on me for emotional support. We're now doing the power couple stuff. I'm now saying, okay, we've got access to this money. I'm now building up your consultancy so you can go out and do what you're doing right. while you're doing your maternity people. She's looking at things like YouTube. So my YouTube, my YouTube is not for me. Mm. It was based on what her plans were. Oh, so her plans were she was looking at the trends in YouTube Mm. and she was looking at what we would do on YouTube to use these tools and market to then leverage that into a new space. So everything I'm doing is things that have been planned from maybe three, four years ago. Do you know what I mean? So now, okay, 
I'm doing the solo father thing. I'm now in survival mode. I'm now moving. I moved out to new space closer to my son's preschool. My son's in there. I'm working. My head is just above water. I'm struggling. And I'm not talking to anyone. Um, I'm going through my dark patches. I'm now at the point in which the car that I bought for her 30th birthday, because babes, we've been through so lot. I mm. want to surprise her with a push present. So she got a brand new car. It's a very nice car as well. Um, I've now got that car sitting in my dr- uh, Mr. Beckford, could you come collect the key? Your car's available at this time. So like all of these things now, that's not meant to be for me. I was okay no. jumping on the buses. I'm okay being driving around in a little smart car or anything else that I was driving at the time. I'm okay because those things were not impacting me. But mm. then now I moved to an apartment that was close to my son's preschool. And so just for the convenience, it's a nice apartment for what we're used to growing up in. I've now got this really nice car that is for my missus. I'm still surviving in terms of my emotional impact to the world. And now my own people are now treating me different. They're treating me different because of things. I'm driving around a grand car. Mm. You're going to treat me different. And that's not, that's not your fault. It's society's fault. But they're, they're not seeing what that actually is. Which was a, it was a gift for it your, was a gift for, for your missus. For your missus. So, and that was again a plan to what I was going to do with that was move it on to like business and then it will leverage business. Yeah. Da, 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 so da, 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 you, da. I mean, you had all of these plans. plans. Look, exactly. I'm married. So we've mm. been in a, a, our relationships like 14 years. And I can't imagine yeah. what you've been through in terms of just losing that. Um, your other half, backbone, it, support system, everything, everything. Like mm. there's, there's, there's so many things that I've done, mm. um, where if my wife, which sounds weird saying it still, yeah, <laughs> it was my last. I saw the pictures. It was beautiful. Thank wedding, you, man. man. Thank I, you. I said it at the time as well. He did. Yeah, wedding. yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Thank you, man. I really Welcome. appreciate that. Mm. Um, if I didn't have her voice there, I would have made some mad mistakes. Exactly. Uh, and it's not just mistakes, but the ideas as well. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I would be yeah. if if she, she was removed like, from the equation. And that's and that's something that then I now had to when I got to the point that same thing there so sorry to cut you. That's right. Is when I got to the point in which my head was no longer above water. So this is 6 months in my son settled he has his routine he goes to different you know grandparents and stuff at that time everything's fine i can now take a breath i can now I, i'm now i'm not treading water no more right. i can now be like oh i'm swimming you know this, mm. is, this is nice for me now you know so i'll take a step back and then i just go through some of the old files and stuff that we had it's like oh yeah shit, these are the plans that we've had these are the things that we're doing now who am i i'm i always ask questions from a young child i've always asked questions who am i well for the last seven years i've been a partner yeah I've been a duo. Mm-hmm. I've been, if I'm stupid, my conscience, who's my partner, will tell me that I'm stupid. You, yep. you know that, innit? 100%. Yeah. I lost my conscience. Mm. My conscience was literally killed. Yeah. So, father element's gone. No, sorry, the, the partner element's gone. Father element is no longer a problem. I'm no longer in survival mode there because it's just working now. Routine. Who am I? Again, I broke myself down. Remember, there's all these parts of me that I had to remove from myself and put in this box to make our dynamics work. Yeah, because it's like symbiosis. You kind of become 
an entity. Intensity together. Yeah. I can now pull that box back out and be like, you know what? I like fashion. Mm. Oh, I like these different types of creative outputs. I like all of these things. And I was like, you know, people have always said to me, oh, well, it's more recent. You're well put together, well-rounded individual. I don't know. I'm just doing me, right? Mm. So then I sat down and thought, who do I want my son to be? Remember, I've always, I had that, the love letters that I was writing to my son to if something happened to me, this is what needs to happen. Now I'm at in the point where I'm in sole control of my son in terms of who I want him to be as a person. Not what I want him to be as a person. That's his choice. Who I want him to be. Yeah, the kind of person. Person, exactly. It's my choice, right? Mm. So I want him to be a well-rounded individual. I want him to know multiple languages. I want him to be an international citizen. These are conversations that I had with my partner as well. So this is, I'm now carrying our visions of our conversations that we had seven years worth of who we want our son to be, right? His name, Pharaoh, was decided before he was even born. Mm. We had that conversation, maybe three, years in you know my son's our son's name was going to be um if he is a boy it's pharaoh henley beckford if it's a girl it's takara naomi beckford we already learned that we already had that so yeah when he was with whatever the sex was we already knew the name being <laughs> there ain't no argument for it we don't yeah, go yeah. through that Do you see yeah, what it's I mean? preordained it's preordained yeah. exactly so now i've got a young he's pharaoh he's a leader he's a young king mm. so then how do i grow him into being a king flip open the the PDF forms of all the strategies and stuff that we were looking at, all these tool sets that we could optimise and use. I think at the time as well, just before all of that, I was doing music as yeah. well. So I was putting out songs and stuff and that was for another purpose as well. Mm. And and it was like, you know what? In her honour, I want to launch this YouTube channel. I want to do this for her. Yeah. And And for me, it's a proof of concept just... Doing the promo video for me was a proof of concept because mm. I'm taking all of the developments and stuff that I learned from being in back office right. and like proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Just and the strategies you, you write on with, with put it out and these types of things. Mm. And then, so, but what I did not and what kind of spun me in that perspective is, so this is going back to last December. When I put the promo video up, it was picked up by Bella Niger straight away. So Bella Niger is a Nigerian wedding outlet but it has, in terms of readerships, it's got 10 million followers, 10 million views. Oh, wow. Yeah, so just, it's massive. So mm. if, and I didn't know, I didn't, it's a different world. I didn't know it existed, right? But it's kind of, if your wedding is worth speaking about, so if you're royalty, you're oil tycoons or whatever you are, and you, so you got multi-million pound blown in the weddings, you're on Bella Niger. You have to have a certain caliber of right. weddings to be in Bella Niger. Here's me, a solo father, picked up by its blog, stuff like this. People are now blowing up my line and stuff. I'm, I've already planned in my mind that no one's even going to take a notice of what I'm doing from at least three months. Should just remain consistent for three months. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at numbers. I'm not looking at all of these vanity things. I'm just trying to tell a narrative of what it's like to be a solo father. So I can also encapsulate, again, the written stuff into a uh, video-based thing. So now my son could see how I articulate my nuances Mm -hmm. and my body actions and stuff like that. So still taking from what I'm doing... in, from written text into actually visuals so he can go back because you know sometimes you go back to like your Bebo account you go back to your MySpace account yeah look at that showing our age yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going back to all of these different things right mm. and we look at who we were when we were 15, 16 years old yeah, yeah. so this is what I've now decided to do that this YouTube channel is not only going to be me showing the world 
our our narrative as a solo me as a solo father but also it's a memorable it's like a photo album for my son to go through and he could look back retrospectively of who mm. he was how his father raised him and all these different types of things still keeping the energy of his mother alive but also adding value somewhere there's loads of people that's come up to me um i was even at carnival people's come up to me and be like you know your story is so powerful oh wow and it's inspired me and it made me want to be a better father for my family and i was like it's like he literally in carnival for, i was i literally just came out of Notting hill gate walked two minutes yeah just trying to pop the alcohol you know trying <laughs> to get my vibe yeah 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 and he's like oh you're just Beckford. And I'm like, huh? Like, I only got like 500 followers on my, my Twitter. Like, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. He literally spoke to me about, I was going through these problems with my missus. I'm a child, didn't know what to do. And just your story alone made me want to be a better man, made me want to be a better father. Could I? And I was kind of lit, right? Because of the alcohol. But I'm trying to get lit lit. And I'm like, thank you very much, my brother. What's your name? I think his name was Dave. Yeah. Tall black guy. And I'm like, wow. And, but at that same time, again, while I'm hearing these heartfelt and things and stuff like that, which is grateful, like to say, keep going. At the same time, I'm now battling my demons on the other side of being now who the person I am, driving a nice car, living in a nice apartment. People now have access to YouTube so they can see my lifestyle. Family members that are going through the struggles or friends that are going through the struggles now look at me like I have money. They don't know my financial situations. So they're now doing the things where they now, you know, um, asking me for money, um, asking me for money and all these different types of stuff. And then I now, I feel bad that I can't actually help you because I'm still trying to do the long game. Right. I'm not trying to give you the, the pound from the 10 pound. Mm. I'm trying to make a business for you. Mm. My family, there's loads of like chefs in my family, like you know, Caribbean, you know, of Caribbean course. Yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. I want to do something for you. I want you to open a Caribbean restaurant or something mm. like that. These are like plans in the future, things that you go through your mind. It's about timing though. Exactly. Right. So I and just for, just for context as well, um, mm. at time of recording, how long after um, everything happened, how, how long has it been? It was literally six months. So when I dropped, uh, the promo video it was actually six months since my partner passed away right and then so we're like just over a year well right now where we are now yeah in terms, yeah we're just over a year so um, so June would have marked a, June that just went would mark a year since she passed away wow. and then December would be um, I guess to come into this December will be a year since the YouTube channel has come um, I had to stop the YouTube channel the reason why I stopped the YouTube channel is not because it wasn't working and not because I couldn't create the content. It was because I just, I had to get my life in order. I had mm. to get my mental state in order. Of course, man. Like your, your life completely changed. changed. And it's, it sounds like, um, you know, after that moment, mm -hmm. you were set in a whirlwind because you've got your son there. You mm -hmm. have to deal with the, the matter at hand. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, you still have to work. You still have to go through this whole transition, mm -hmm. and it doesn't even sound like you had a minute to myself to to, to process what mm -hmm. happened. Um, family members, certain family members, when she passed away, they stopped working and they had to go through that process. Yeah, and they went through that process. Because everyone passed, grieves, everyone grieves differently, and I would never fault anyone for that. But mm. I had to put my son on my back. So she died on a Saturday. The Monday morning, I was back in work. They used to say, they're like, why are you here? 
It's like, why are you here? Like, go home. I'm like, no, I need to get this work. If I don't work, I'm on a day rate here. If I don't work, I don't That's get paid. Good point. So if I'm working from home, I need There's to no know sick what pay. There's no sick pay. There's no benefit. This is the risks you take, right? Yes. Yeah, so this is the other side of being exactly an, an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, you take those risks. So if I don't work, my son doesn't eat. That's what it is. If I don't Jeez. work, anything that I was maintaining, the preschool that was coming, I wouldn't be able to pay for all these different elements of things I'm, I'm having. And then um, obviously now I'm changed environment. First time living by myself as well, like in terms of my own apartment, I get to choose and pick the furniture. Because before, you you do it with the missus, you know what I mean? Yeah. Normally it's her <laughs> picking the furniture and you yeah. saying, yeah, okay, this one, at least this one is a bit kind of neutral. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these different types of things, right, I have to deal with while raising a child, while dealing with that. And then obviously with the YouTube channel, I'm giving other people access to me. I'm pretty closed off as a person. Mm. No one knows what I do and who I am as a person. Well, before, and then it flipped on that. So that's now changed as well. Because when it comes to my family, as I said, when I was younger, I used to pop in, pop out. Mm. So it's always, oh, hi, hi, how you doing? Right, right, right. And now this door's open. Now this door's open and they can, like right now, family members can see minute by minute or day by day what What I am doing? doing. Oh, I didn't know. And this, and that. And then, uh, and then uh, friends as well, and, you know? So then I now have to get used to that energy. And then on top of that, th- there's now energy from strangers, both positive and negative yeah. energy. So uh, why are you showing off with your new car for? Mm-hmm. Or you think you're the man. I'm driving around this car, like, depressed as... Because this is not for me. This is, that was a gift. It's a gift. 30th birthday gift. I'm, driv- I'm driving around a gift that's not for me. But people wouldn't know that, man. People won't know that. Yeah. Oh, he's living his best life. Oh, yeah? When I look at the car, key, look there, looking around. I'm, uh. and, but then I now had to realise that I had to then think of and understand what I am feeling, what I'm going through mentally, to then be a better person for my son. Because if I am depressed, if I am negative, if I am bringing that type of pain to him, he's, it's going to weigh on him. Those energies, for sure, for sure. Those energies, being that he's so young as well, exactly. Because so. I mean, how how did he take take it all? Um, there was a so there was a period in time when she passed away. Um, so we were in the hospital when she passed away. So she died at six something, and at first I didn't want him to go to see the body, right? Everyone was there and they were all going to see the body. We were grieving, we were saying, you know, pass away. So this is, her body's fresh, her body's cold. And um, because they pumped her body with so much fluid that they had to put a breathing thing into her because it flooded her lungs. And if I, it just goes graphics, I won't even go too far. And then I just said, you know what? My son needs to know that his mom is no longer around. Because I never want him to go through a period in life where he thinks, oh, maybe one day she would walk in back right. into our lives or something like that. You know, he's going to have his own trials and jubilations. Yeah. So I've always treated my son as an adult. So where I speak to him, it's adult conversation. I tell people, don't speak to him, gaga. it's adult. So when I took him to go see the body, I made him touch her. And he looked at me and he touched her, he went... Because she was so cold to touch. He knows her best. Of course. You know, because he's always there. He's always 
inner body heat on the bosom. He heard her heartbeat from the inside. They're in sync. Do you know what I mean? So I had to let him know that mommy's passed away. And I've always been open. Mommy's not right. Mommy's in heaven. Mommy's in heaven? Yeah, mommy's up there. She's in heaven. Do you know? I've always done that because I don't, for one, I don't want to give that power to anybody else. So when he's in school, they can be like, oh, your mom's dead. And then right. he goes through that aggression and stuff like that. He goes, yeah, I know my mom passed away. Yeah. I exactly know how she passed away. And you guys should be lucky that you have your parents because I know what it's like not to have. Do you know what I mean? I That's what I've always tried to mitigate. So, yeah. But you made that decision yeah. there and then. There and then, at that moment in time, while we're going through a tear, while I was crying. Yeah, because you're crazy. dealing with it as a, as a partner, first and foremost, and then mm. as a father. And yeah. then you're like... Crazy. How's he gonna do? Because he's eleven months. He's eleven months old. He's been breastfed. That that was his comfort. That's how he went to sleep. You know all these different types of stuff. So then when we went back home now, for the first month it was so hard because he wouldn't go sleep without looking for his mum. So he would like make me pick him up, and he'll be pointing to rooms. So like when he did the first time, he was. I'm like, what are you looking for? And mm. then I was, you're looking for your mom. So before we went to bed every night, I would get up with him. This is going to make me cry. Yeah. Sorry, man. This is a bit that makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I would get up and I would have to walk through every single room and be like, mommy's gone. Mommy's in heaven. Do you know what I mean? And so that was, that was, well, that was so painful. But. Sorry, we'll keep getting tissue. Oh wow! <clears throat> Cut this now, I'm <laughs> now, I'm um, and that's and, and to be fair, like that, that's harrowing, man. That's that's my that's my tears. That's why I cry for. That's what I mourn for. I mourn for my son. I mourn for his like what he's going to go through, what he is currently going through, and what he had to go through. And I have my mum. My mom, me and my mom's relationship is amazing. My mom is like my best friend. That's how, do you see what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it. Exactly. I could not imagine exactly. it. Exactly. And while I was prepared for my mom, we we're prepared for our parents for that because this event is inevitable, right? Yeah. Like, which is hard to say, but it's so, inevitable. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like to think about think it. Think about it. He never had the chance to even get to know his mum's personality. She can have the hand in raising him the way that she would want to. Yeah. So I'm now doing it for two people, which is another thing. So then, okay. So then while I'm dealing with that and dealing with all of this and stuff and then moving into a new place and then new things and people now seeing new things, I've now realised I got to the point where there's survivor's remorse on me, right? Survivor's remorse is like I've now, quote unquote, made it out of my community because I'm living good. Right, quote unquote, whatever living good is mm. in the metrics, living good compared to compared to yeah, yeah, to where I was, mm. yeah, grew up in. All right, so then now I want to help my community even more. So flashback to yes, so it's all cycles, all cycles, yeah. all cycles, and as it's now cycling, um, I got to the point now where I said, okay, I'm going for a point where I'm battling my demons. Women are now using my son as a leverage tool to get to know me because of whatever potential they may see in me. Because of the, the vanity metrics. Me, vanity metrics Home, or... Car. That, that element, that's father, one slice. Yeah. Professional. 
that's one slice, mm. that's another slice, another slice is whatever it is, they could yeah. find me attractive, whatever it is. There's a, you, I can never gauge this, right? But all of these elements are now, they're now attacking me. They're now saying, oh, your son's so cute. Oh, thank you. Da, 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 da. Oh, I would like to go to the park with your son one day. What? Mm. I, so then I realise I'm in a space where my son's not a puppy. Right, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He, uh, we're not going to go to a park, you pet my son and then, oh, da, 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 da. And then you get me where you have me. And then I'm now looking at, because I was then, I was blocked away from the world of women for seven years. Right. So, so and now women have... Now everything's open. Now everything's open. I have no tool to, to say, to safeguard me from you. Yeah. Yeah, as a woman. And whatever strategy that you may have in getting to know me or whatever. So I'm getting all of these impacts here and there and taking it in family all this stuff like everything just encompassing work life business because i'm a professional i'm a i'm a thingy and and i'm just like yo i need to be ratchet right now i just need to just throw a tantrum stop the youtube i said i need to get my life in order mm. like my mental space in order yeah i need to i need to understand my value in this space yeah because at the moment I don't. I haven't had the time to sit down to assess myself in this market, so I, I I did something to put it professionally. To put it professionally, yeah, because yeah. that's what I did. That's yeah, now yeah. that's now my default. Right. That's the language that I yeah, yeah, speak. yeah, yeah. Put my name down on a piece of paper, and on uh, on the piece of paper, I circled it, and I started to do a one like a, a bands, which is like business activity modeling and stuff, whatever. Right. So and I'm writing points. Da, 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 da what's this this is me here this is me here this is me here these are the elements i have what comes with this what's the positive and negative doing a risk analysis on mm. myself i'm literally, literally doing this on myself right breaking myself down to the core what's my weaknesses what's my where's my vulnerabilities what's my strengths what am i doing how am i allowing people access to me where all these different types of things just so i can get to know myself right? and is that like the first time you've done that like looked in the mirror like that like in ever years or ever ever in my life because I only had to do it in small pieces I only mm. had to do it as like me as a black guy in a white environment yeah me as a this and this and that right, me as right, right. I had to sit down I literally sat down and said right I need to know who I am and how I'm seen by everyone else right so I did that I wrote it down and it's a case of you can say there's a bit of narcissism in there Mm. Right, because there's things of myself that that's going to my ego is going to be inflated here. Do you know what I mean? I am a young black man, professional that raised his sons well. I'm said that I'm good looking, apparently, but I don't really care about that. Right. I now have money. I drive a nice car. I live in a nice apartment. I have great conversations with you because I've always been taught to ask questions. Right. So, and my job is very people centric. So I have to learn to ask people questions mm -hmm. and build relationships. And because I moved around as a, a younger child as well, I had to learn to build relationships and adapt and adapt yeah. and be more adaptable on all these different types of things. So mm. I can now be in an environment with a woman and talk to her and calculate all the points that she's calculating about me and the conversation about me and then then the power dynamics come into play because now I know my value and worth the power dynamics comes right. into play your entitlement as a woman towards me as a man that you know that if you're interested in me then by default I should be interested in you because right. it's a privilege for me to be interested in you right so you would then talk your things because, you know, mm -hmm. as a woman. And then I'll be, I can be like, oh, no, no, no. 
I didn't have that wall before. So now I'm bringing that wall myself because my partner was that wall. Sorry, I'm in a relationship. Yeah. Sorry, I'm in love with someone else. Sorry, I can't entertain you right now. Mm. Sorry, this is that. These and that was the message. That was the message. Yeah. Now, women, it's, I don't have an excuse. So I don't get, I won't break the their, their image that they see of themselves, right? Because you're, you're a woman, you're looking at me as a man. I should want you. Because that's every guy that you've ever approached and got you. You get your guy. You always get the guy, mm. right? So, but I can't say to you, sorry, I've got a partner, so you can keep the image of yourself, right? Because it's not because it's me; it's because he has a partner, right? So now it's like, oh, sorry, I'm not interested. Why are you not interested? Uh, uh, uh. Anything I say from this point, I'm breaking your ego. Mm. I'm shattering your ego, setting yourself in image. I'm now telling you that you're not worthy. But that's not what I'm saying to you. No. Because what it is, is that at this moment in time, I'm working on myself. Mm. I'm not interested in women. Mm. The love of my life passed away. Someone that I've grew up with seven years. This is yeah. not about you as a woman. It's about me as a man, as a person that's trying to heal. But I'm getting these, you're throwing water over me. Mm. You want to fight me mm-hmm. because I've rejected you. Not because of or you. Or that you chose yourself. Because I chose... Hey, ah, there you go. That's a yeah. better way because, because I, I chose myself, but which turns out to be rejection to you. Rejection you're not used to, mm. and then why wouldn't he want me? Yeah, why wouldn't I? You yeah, know? yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't I? But then it now have to be that conversation because it's we uh, can it's, get into that conversation. Is, yeah, you could, but it's. But now it's, the reason is I am not interested. The reason is I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, but why? Yeah. But then you go back. Why are you not interested? Yeah. Now you're now you've been made insecure. You made yourself insecure because you asked me a question that if I now ask ask you the question, answer the question to you, I can lie to you and say like, uh, I'm not I'm seeing something right now. I could be like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, oh, so yeah. why are we here? You just wasted my time. Mm. It's a it's a tricky landscape. Very and I'm always going to be the villain in that story. So let me amplify the villain for a minute. So in my environment, as I amplify the villain, mm. I've now created a barrier around me, a boundary around me that women will no longer approach me because they know that they might be rejected instantly. Safeguard myself. But how have you done that then? <sighs> Social media. Oh, right, right. Um, I know these different, <laughs> Just, elements, right, right. different elements. Got so it. it's not my, this social media, any, this account is going to So yeah. the way that people would get in usually is the language and whatever the messages you put out is like okay look this is what the the deal is so now that's a way of you protecting yourself now so the air of arrogance is off-putting this is what i thought Mm. but then it opened up another door that there is women that through the power dynamics would want to break down an arrogant man Mm. so while this wave of this woman has well, you close off that door. door. <laughs> this new door's open. It's back doors open. We were, ah. <laughs> we're <laughs> where are you yeah. coming from? Mm. I'm being toxic masculinity on one hundred. Yeah, but you like it as a strategy. As a strategy to save to God myself. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> save God myself. But also, uh, um, there's a from Fitzroy. Um, I can never pronounce his name. And there's a quote that I use a lot, yeah. Beware when fighting monsters that you yourself become a monster. As you stare into the abyss, the abyss also stares into you. So while you are battling your monsters right. and you're fighting, so why I am building this toxic masculinity yeah. to get rid of the toxic people around me 
it's also, if I don't realise that I'm doing this, I would then become the monster that I am trying to fight. I would then become the epiphany, the epitome of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So while I'm using it as a safety tool, it You're then becoming. becomes my default. Mm. So then now I need to scale back on that now. Because, which means that now the doors are going to be open on both sides, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm stuck. So you're back to the who am I? Who am I? So then I focus on things that I like to do and things that I want to do. I like fashion. I wanted to study fashion at, at, at college and stuff like that. But at that moment in time, I thought, uh, people might say I'm gay. I like fashion. I'm wearing yeah. pink right now. Yeah. This is... I shouldn't be wearing pink as a black man raised in whatever environment mm, they look from, at me. especially from our era. From our era, do you <laughs> yeah, get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Unless you're Cameron, you know the uh, yeah, you know, yeah. pink fur. <laughs> but he was validated because he was a he was known in his hood. Mm. He was just a sweet boy or whatever it was that was like really like no one tested. Mm. But that's another thing as well because I've my YouTube channel and I'm showing more vulnerable abilities to me and I'm showing more emotional side as a man, my emotional intelligence at element at different elements because I needed to learn this because I want my son to be emotionally intelligent. Then men are now challenging me because, oh, he talks too much about his feelings. Who is this? This guy's now a, he's mm. a, he's a, he's a I'm gonna punch him up. Yeah, I've had that my whole life. There you go. So you're gonna be challenged yeah, yeah. because you're emotionally aware. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. And that's because they're not emotionally aware. They don't know how to unpack their own emotions because of what traumas or whatever they've gone through in life. Yeah. They, they weren't given that safe space to do so. Mm. I've created my own safe space. Now I have to deal with you. So no, this is not just a woman thing now. This is a people thing now because men are now challenging me because I'm doing things that flip the narrative of what it is to quote unquote be a man. Talk about my feelings, emotions, all these different yep. elements. Yep. Women see whatever whatever they see about me in terms of metrics and shit. Um, sorry for the language, yeah. I'm getting that attack now. And so now I now have to like do the bravado thing to, to mandem. Have I even find time to even define myself? Right, right. Because right. I'm firefighting left, right. And I haven't even spoke about my son. Mm. I haven't talked about the child development, me waking up early mornings and going through his alphabet, his numbers and stuff. He's two now. He can count to 20. Mm. Two. There's kids that are now three that can't count to 20. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is, I'm not trying to compare, but I'm saying this is the whole family this is what you're dealing, dealing with. with. Right. You know, so just being a father and raising my child and developing him, making sure that he knows things, making sure that he's polite, making sure that he doesn't get everything. And then at the same time, people are buying things for my son. Mm. Because oh, he's messages. Not, he's buying things for my son. I saw you. I saw you say something about the um, people need to stop giving my son sugar, sugar sweets, mm. cakes, all these different types of stuff. Because those refined sugars are not the sugars that we had back in the day. Now it's damaging his teeth. Grandparents are not li- listening. Family members are not listening. They know how to raise my child better than me. So then that's when the arrogant and meet like the the thingy in me now to come and like, oh, you you're telling me how to raise my child. You raise him then. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. I'm not. Am I not the parent here? Mm. Would you like to take the full responsibility of raising my child? Mm. No, well, that and plus you've you kind of got to speak up for Naomi as well. Exactly, and her wishes, and she's more militant than me. Mm. She would be cussing cake. What are you giving my son cake for? Right. She would have been militant on it. So have you have you experienced um, mm. what's the term? 
if Naomi was still around, do you reckon that people would have respected her wishes more about raising Pharaoh than but yours? So, okay, this is a... So I had a conversation with myself. So six months after she passed away, I went <clears> to <throat> the graveyard. No, yeah, I went to a graveyard. I sat down there and I said, because we were such a small unit, it was yeah. me and her. And at the time I was arguing with my mom because of the our lifestyle cho- choices. It was not familiar to my mom because we're moving into a different world. We're scaling back to move forward. So there's certain things I was doing and that I had to stop doing for my family, mm. for my 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 like my mom, my dad, all these different type of family members that I would do that I now have to focus on my immediate family, me, my partner, and son. Yes. So it created conflict between me and my mom then. So me and my mom stopped speaking. So when Naomi died, me and my mom weren't speaking for a couple of months. Oh wow. So so that's that was a thing there. So we would have been a very small unit, right? That would go to family events and stuff and we would have moved as a unit. Mm. So we weren't I guess we have both have massive families. We would be around family, but it would have been in a very clustered way, right? So that now led me to two questions because I always ask myself these questions. So I sat back on, on the grave and I said to her, if you were still alive, would Pharaoh be who Pharaoh is today? Would he have the same personality? Would he have the same chariz- charisma? Would he be able to talk and engage with people the same way? Because he goes to my mum's on the weekend, so he's now exposed to her life, my family, side of the family, church, different elements. And on other weekends, he goes to these other grandparents, so he's exposed to their life Mm. and all these other things. And he's not around me. He's not around me. So he creates his independence of himself Mm. to function. And he can move between these crowds independently. Would would he be the same person that he is now if he was still alive? Probably. And if I had the choice of you coming back to life and him not being who he is today, would I take that choice? the person that I fell in love with, my son, who I fall in love with more and more every single day, just because of just his fearlessness and his just adaptability and his development. That's, this is now never, and you see my time, <laughs> my eyes are welling up again. Yeah. Would I bring back the love of my life into this world, knowing that it could risk my son not being who my son is today? He may have still been the child that he is today, mm. but would I risk that? It's deep, man. These are questions I have to ask myself. Yeah, and it never tell me the, co- the the question, the answer that I have to say is, well, there's no, there's no, I don't have a choice anyway because I can't bring you back to life. But inevitably, if I had the choice, I had to make a, f- it would be no. Would if my son is not who my son is today, if you were around, would I want it? Mm. No. Do you think that that was in part a way of you kind of? Settling and everything, getting closure on that. Though. Closure on everything. Because I think either way, you would have been in as as in love with your son. Either way, either way, I would be as loving my son. But if my son, so this goes back to the Ach, um, Aston Ketcher movie, Aston Ketcher Aston, movie, the butterfly effect, Aston Ketcher, yeah, yeah, yeah. butterfly effect. Yes, when he would go through his diaries and mm. then he would go back into past, he would change a slight thing, yeah. and the impact is colossal. Right. So. If I could do that, go back, 
to this moment and we went private and then this never happened, would he grow up to be who he is? Or would he been a very timid child? Would he been in a, would he been in the same loving environment? We don't know what would have happened. We could have gone into business and the business could have crushed us in terms of like we make And then put a strain on a relationship. Put a strain on a relationship. Yeah, yeah. We could have end up being solo co-parenting parents. We could have been toxic to each other. It could all of that energy could have sat onto my son and it could have been a very like he could have ended up being a statistic. He could have ended up being the disrupted child. He could end up being me when I was younger. Would I just and I put this that I passed all of this down. Yeah. Would I risk that? No. And as I said that to myself, I found closure in that situation. But, and because I found closure in that situation, that made me feel whole again. Because I felt empty for such a long time. Yeah, well, of course. Do you think that, and it's probably going a bit ethereal now, yeah. but that could have been like, maybe that's something that she would have asked you had she, had, you if know, it was the, the other... conversations that you used to have, like maybe mm. that's something that could have come from from her to kind of give you closure but to, but so this is the I don't know how to answer that question mm. um, but I'm going to try in terms of so while I was not that I grew up in a Christian household I believed in spirits and stuff like that and like the Holy Ghost and all these elements I went through a period of being in the real world and working that I my religion I, I removed myself yeah. from it. And then I learned other religions mm. and I fell in love with different concepts of different religions. Mm. And then I, I scale everything down to a premise of just being good to people because that's yeah. what most religions are. Mm -hmm. So I'm no longer religious. I'm more of a spiritual, spiritual. person. Yeah. So now it's gone to the point now that I'm spiritual. So the conversation when I was there, so it wasn't six months in, it was literally a year after she passed away. So just this June just gone? It's wow. a year after she passed away, sorry. I sat down at her grave and I said, if the question that I said. Yeah. And I felt like the answer that I got was the answer that her spirit gave me. Mm. No. So let me just run with this. Let yeah. me do this and yeah. stuff like that. Let me just be here. I feel whole now. And I'm- I, goosebumps, man. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm happy in myself. I don't like using the word happy. Mm. The reason why I don't like using the word happy is because the first time I used the word happy, when me and her lived together and moved together and we was doing our business, my brother died due to knife crime. Oh, so yeah. my younger brother, he was killed by a friend in in our state. And I went through all of that. We broke up for a bit. Me and my missus, we got back together, stuff like that. And then four years later, my partner died. When I got to the point of us being happy, yeah. So I don't like using the word happy. So now, fast forward a year and a bit now and having that conversation, I felt whole again. I felt happy. I don't like that. But, so I try not to say the word, but yeah. I radiate that energy. And while I'm still figuring out myself in terms of who I want to be in this world, yeah, not who I am, I know who I am. I'm very confident in who I am. So who I want to be in this world. Mm. Do I want to be a person that takes or someone that adds value to the words? Do I want to be someone that opens up the doors for conversations and knowing that people are going to hate me for it? Or do I want to be a person that sits back and be timid in mm. the world? And then I look at myself and I'm like, what is, how does that look to my son? That his father just gave up 
his father has all these ideas and these things and his mother had all these ideas and these things and his father just gave up. I don't want that to be on there. And I look at my son's fearlessness, his confidence, his abilities to walk into every room due to whatever happened, yeah. the impact. And then now I'm learning from my son. He's now my inspiration. He's now my role model. If he's fearless as a child, learning and developing and growing and getting into any rooms that possible, like physical rooms, then I should be able to get into these rooms. There should be no room that I should not be getting. There should be no conversation had that I shouldn't be able to learn like a child, be destructive and have tantrums like a child mm. and learn at such a hyper like, way that I shouldn't be able to get into these rooms. Mm. So now my son is like my father now. Wow. Do you see what I mean? Because he's now teaching me. He doesn't know it. Yeah. he's now teaching me things so because I don't have that fear now when I'm in these boardrooms and having these conversations with these guys and I can leverage my 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 body my build against what they might feel that the stereotype of is of me and stuff like that I have no fear they could, there's nothing that they can say to me that I'd be fearful of mm. there's nothing so what is it like to sit in the room with a guy that you grew up to fear all your life as a black guy that would stab you and all these and rob you and steal from you and stuff that can speak your language, that understands exactly what you're saying, that can actually give you strategy and stuff to better your business and life and like that doesn't care what your responses are, your impact. What does that do to you as a person and then what does that do to me as a person? Mm. Who's the winner here? It disarms, doesn't it? So I can be in any room of any person. I can walk through like my son and I can learn and I will be able to be the most powerful person that I can be for myself and actualise myself yeah. as I'm actualising my son. And I'm going to document this along the way for him. And you're doing it now? And I'm doing it now. This you're podcast. doing it now. High five. Bro, let's hit it. <laughs> Man, look, the, the, the whole thread... From from what I'm hearing, and I'm hearing this for the first time, and yeah. I'm so touched and honoured that you'd even be so open with me. I mean, like, it's the first time we physically met. Met, yeah, <laughs> no, no, you know, and um, like you were saying, like the guy that come up to you in Notting Hill, man, and said how much that helped him. I think this and everything you're doing and everything going forward is going to help so many people and your thread and your mission being like you're documenting this for your son primarily um but what that does for sons males and our community fathers as well fathers and there's a whole nother side of it that i didn't realize i'm sorry to, to cut you off as well recently one of my cousins passed away she had a battle with cancer for several years mm. and she lost the battle and she left three kids, 21-year-old girl and two little boys. And so it's my second cousin. And every time I saw her, she's like, I've been watching your YouTube channel, you know, I really like your videos, I really like your videos. And I was like, oh, thank you, cuz. You know, like that. Like, not really... Because obviously people say, oh, I like your YouTube channel, I like it. I've been watching yeah, it and yeah. stuff like that. And then when my cousin passed away... I sat down and I looked at her dynamic. A mother left three kids. When you, and if you, like anyone that goes through cancer, anyone that's like dealing with a family member that goes through cancer, you're mourning at that person while they're still alive. <laughs> that's essentially, that's what it is. Yeah. You are mourning and then till you hear good news, 
you stop mourning because life is good again. And then right. bad news. And then, so you go through that. You And because this is what it is, right? You go through the stages. And it's very painful because you're actually living it through and throughout. You can't close it because you see it as a reminder constantly, daily. But I didn't think that her watching my YouTube channel, and this is what I think, I, I don't know, I haven't confirmed it with her 100%, but I had to sit back and think, maybe she was my YouTube channel was preparing her to be the child, to be Pharaoh. Mm. So there's that whole other element as well. So while we got the parent perspective, there's yeah. the whole child perspective. There are kids right now that are Pharaoh. In fact, that are worst off than Pharaoh. Yeah. And I don't like using that worst off, but like mm -hmm. in the spectrum of things. Because while Pharaoh's lost one parent, he has a big family and he has a father. There are literally orphans out there with no parents, no family, no understanding of who they are. They had to create their self, their culture, everything from the ground up. From a baby. Going from different homes and all these different types of things and not knowing who they are as a person. This now is a part of their narrative. And I didn't see that. And it goes far beyond me as a person. It, there's so much. And you know what's so crazy? And I'm, I think I'm, this is going to be maybe like the last story I want to I tell. I came back from a night out. I don't know where I was. I was lit. I was doing my toxic masculinity stuff. I'm mm -hmm. trusting. I'm looking, you know. And that night, I just said, you know what, guys? I'm just going to go home. So I called an Uber. I just wanted to go home. And this guy picks me up. And we're driving. He's like, oh, good evening, sir. How are you doing? I said, I'm all right. I don't, I don't really talk to you, but Uber drivers, not because I don't want to speak to them or stuff like that. It's because I like silence and I just like to be in my mind. I'm a very analytical person. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, so tell me what you do. And I said, I told him what I do and stuff like that. So I asked him what he does as well, thinking he's just an Uber driver, right. like disregarding anything that he could be else in life, right? And because at that time, I didn't really want to have the conversation. And he's like, oh, my day job is I'm a paramedic. Wow, said, really? Oh, no. <laughs> oh okay you're a paramedic so you're you're a paramedic during the day my mom works in the nhs and stuff like that as well so yeah. that's long shifts she goes yeah i'm a paramedic um i do like between 10 to 11 hour shifts a day and stuff and then i do uber at night that's crazy so i was like oh why are you doing this? are you like why are you working so much and so hard why are you ubering at night and he was like um i just need to make money so I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And then I was like, why do you need to make money? And he's like, I don't want to put a down on your night, sir. You look like you had a great night. I don't want to put a light down on your night. It's fucked up. No, like, talk to me. It's like, recently my partner passed away and left me with a five-month-old child no. to raise a little girl, Isabella, and... I'm working two jobs to support her life. I have no family. I have one sister. She lives in a different country and she has her own life. I'm here in the UK by myself. So I said, so who's looking after your child during the day? He's like, I pay a nanny and that's the reason why I'm working now. So in order for me to go work during the day, I have to work in the night to pay a nanny to look after my child during the day. 
And I'm sitting in the back of the Uber like, yo, this is God sent. Because at that same time, that Completely. same week, I said to my mom on the phone, I don't want to do this YouTube thing no more. I don't like people having access to my life. I don't like people knowing about me, knowing my story, knowing how to leverage it to me. Women being able to come at me in a way, men be able to come at me in a way. And my mom was telling me about, you need to do it because you're helping people. Right. And then he said what he said. And I was like, I said, sir, I've got a YouTube channel. I'm in a, I'm not in the same space as you. I said, um, in my dynamic, I have a big family so they can help as a support system. But I understand what you feel. I lost my partner and I explained the story and the whole journey home we were talking. And when he got to my front door, when we got to the front door, we come out the car, he's like, sir, he's like, thank you very much. And I said to him, one of the things that I said to him, and I said, my son is now two. My partner died when he was 11 months old. Your daughter's five months old. It gets easier. The older and older they, the child becomes, the more they grow up, the more independence that they have in themselves, you now see the light in the tunnel. I said, it was when my son turned two and he was like moving around and doing stuff, that's when I really felt like, oh, he's independent. You know, he could get his jacket, he can take his shoes off. All these different types of stuff. He can say yes or no, he can articulate. I said, the problem that you have right now is that you have to communicate with a child that doesn't know how to communicate with you in the way that you, you're used to. Yeah. So you have to feel the child. You have to use all of these instinctive things that we have now. Is she hungry? I don't know. Pharaoh can say to me, Daddy, I want a banana. I want porridge. I don't want chips. I don't want fish. Mm. It's easier for me to, oh, you want porridge? I, I'll give you porridge right. every day. You don't know what your daughter wants. Only though you know that she, she could be hungry. She could be feeling cold. She could have wet herself. There's so much stuff. So you have to go through a, like a deletion process of what it may be mm. until she sells. So I said, you know, it gets easier. And he said, thank you, sir. He's like, one last thing. This might seem a bit unprofessional right now, but could I give you a bro hug? And I said, bro, bring it in. <laughs> I said, bring it in. And we was outside my house, 2.30 a.m. My house, like, there's like a little alleyway to go into yeah. my house. Two grown men just hugging, hugging, bro. And Someone I, who was a stranger. Stranger, before. complete stranger. Brought together by the same, same grief and... Experience. experience and experience and <clears throat> so then I said you know what okay I'm gonna relaunch this YouTube channel I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to make sure that this message gets out in any format it needs to be fun I need to touch on the multifaceted nature of myself I'm literally showing you me creating me to better my son so he can create himself yeah so other people can see everything and stuff like that. Mm. I'm going to have my bad times. I'm going to have my great times. I'm going to be unfiltered. You're going to see my good days and bad days because I would be on, it would be unjust if I didn't. Absolutely, man. And look how much, look how much has helped. Even the guy didn't see your YouTube channel, but it connected with your, he's your now story. He's now followed me on YouTube. He's not following me on YouTube. Because he he, one thing he did say is like, uh, in order to feed my daughter, I go on YouTube, I watch all of these videos and yeah, see yeah, what the so, parent and stuff. Right. And I was like, oh, wow, people actually do that. Mm. They actually, what to feed your child? Because it's actually quite hard to, 
Especially if you're going through it. I know the process, the survival mode he's going through. And he's got mm. it, he's got it at a different, much more pressure on him because yeah. he doesn't have the same support system. Yeah. So while he's not working and working to work to support his child, he's then working to figure out how to be a parent to his child. That's f- crazy. While doing two jobs. While doing two jobs. He's working He's working a job so he can work the... Uh, do you know how crazy he's that is? He's working a job to work a job. job. Yeah, he's working a job to pay for him to work a job. That's crazy. As a cycle, that's crazy. As a burnout, that's crazy. But as a, as a person, this shows the level of power and grit and perseverance that we have as be, the love. Mm. And I said, your love will drive you through this. Yeah. Hour sleep, two hours sleep, three hours sleep, you crash out in the corner, you thingy, you're back in it. You're going to be the best paramedic you need to be in your life. You're going to be there, Uber driver. You're going to connect with people. There's going to be a person there in Uber that's actually going to change your life. You're going to have this conversation with someone and they're going to help you. Bro, I, I don't tip Uber drivers. I tipped the crap out of him. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, you know, because I had to, because mm. it's like I connected and I wanted him to do better. Do you see what I'm saying? To be better and and everything. And it's like, all right, cool, I need to go hard at this. Right. And the first thing I did was I said, you know what? How do I manage my life right now? I, I got so much shit happening in my life right now. How mm. do I need to manage? Let me suck it up. Right. Let me, I called Sasha. Sasha's my manager. Cool, Sasha. I said, Sasha, these are the things that you just need to take from me. <laughs> she said, all right, cool. And Sasha's very reserved in how she handles me. I said, Sasha, you need to be hard on me. If there's a day that I said, oh, no, we're not going to do this today. You're going to say, why not? No, or no, we're mm. doing it. It's in the schedule. We need to do it. Mm. So I, I told her off. And now she tells me off all the time. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It's good, but it's for the... the it's for the betterment of what we're go. doing because yeah. it's not about us. It's not the vanity about what we're doing. Mm. It's not about the social media. It's not about the brands, the likes, whatever financial remuneration that you can get from it. It's literally about the story. It's literally about the story. I have a goal for my manager, what I want her to be able to gain. I have a goal for me and I openly tell her my goal. I hope we tell her my my goal, my goal for her and my goal for my son. Yeah. And my goal for my son is to be worth a certain amount by a certain amount of time because he's got, life did him wrong. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a hard time. So I want him to be a certain level comfortable. I want him right. to live a certain level of lifestyle. I want him to not know the struggle that his father did. I'm not middle class because I'm connected to the two worlds. You can be, you are. So everything I'm doing now is to, to raise everything like that. And it's not about me. And I care, I don't really care left as people see things on me and they hate me because of it. Because when they meet me, they're going to see that I'm genuine. They're going to see that I'm a real person mm-hmm. and I go through things. And, mm-hmm. and I would open up and I would talk to you and I'm not shallow or a shell of myself and not know who I am. And for some people, they might dislike it because it now challenges them to think who they are for themselves. And then that's a battle. That's a battle internal, lead to them, right? Yeah. Who am but I? maybe that's that's what you're here to do to to challenge that, to challenge people's conceptions and of self and yeah, exactly. And 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 live by example because mm. you were handed these cards and you kind of had to just 
to 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 deal with it and to exactly. to go through experience and turn it into something that can be positive and can be inspirational exactly. you know for people so and that's the thing and, and my mom's like this is your blessing she's like in the worst way. In a, yeah exactly in the worst way this is your blessing <coughs> this is your message this is something that you have to take to the world and you have the narrative and the impacts you have to take and and I look at every single similar person that had to change and shift something in life back in history and back in future. So I like, obviously I love the Egyptian, my son's name, Pharaoh, mm. even though Pharaoh's a European name, but that's a, there's a, 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 um, a Pharaoh called um, Anunnakan and he is the father of um, Tutankhamun. Um, Nefertiti was his wife. And he believed in Ra, the sun god. And he changed the mythology, the deities of, he made Ra, him as the manifestation of Ra, the actual religion of Egypt across the land. So they, they, were, diff they were worshiping different types of gods, you know, different types of um, pagan gods and all these different, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, and he reinforced this particular god into society and as he reinforced this particular type of god into society he was rejected for it so they killed him for it he was killed because he implemented change too much mm. and then you look and that's a similar story to jesus yeah he was implementing this story and he was crucified for implementing this story so I am now taking these small nuggets of history because history always repeats itself. Mm. And you know what? If I want to lead change, I don't change things too much. I might open a door for someone else to take it and I'm happy with that. I can open the door of what it is to be a vulnerable black guy that was raised in inner South London around gang culture and stuff like that, moving to a middle-class demographics and now firefighting through all his life and stuff. I can open the doors to that, but being happy enough to let someone else run with it. Yeah. I can open the doors to finance threads and stuff like that and let other people capitalize on it on the timeline because I've gave, given them that thought process. Because now there's loads of people talking on the timeline about finance. Mm. There was no one doing it when I started. Yeah, there weren't. There was there no weren't. one. But I'm glad that there are now people that are, they, they might have saw the thread, they might not. This is down to whatever I want it to, like, because there's no confirmation. But they could have seen it in person. But even that spark of them wanting to speak about finance, to now be a figurehead in the black community for finance, good on you. That's the conversations I want. So you can better us as a person. I can't do this by myself. As I open this about, you know, about being a solo parent as a black man yeah. now, there's other black men that are solo parents that they can come through the woodwork and they can talk. I've met quite a few of them mm -hmm. and they've now on media outlets and stuff. And we're winning. Because these doors are now being opened even more. I'm getting confidence from you, you're getting confidence from me, so yeah. on and so forth. It's not just about it's me. Not me. It's not just about I, me, it's about us. Exactly. I cannot care less about me. Mm. I have my own demons and battles that I need to fight, whatever I need to do and stuff like that. But in order to move our society forward, I need to know what pieces to let people run with and go, what I can keep and whatever. And if I look at myself as a client to myself and I was going to place myself in a term of strategy to thingy, I know that I have my USP right and that's my usp 
and this is the business talk. Right? Yeah, yeah. But we have to know these things. So therefore, by we knowing this, we can because we know ourselves, we should never ever ever hate anyone else that's winning. Mm. I love it. I love all these new podcasts. I love all this innovation. I love all you know anything that everyone's doing. I am in it as it's changing the narrative of who we are. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. Mm. If I start it or if I don't start it, if I jump in it and I push it forward, I jump back out, do something else. Just the fact that the full process is there for a 10 year old or eight year old or two year old or, you know, 29 year old or 45 years. I have finance and conversations with people that are 50 that lived life, that seen how the economy has changed. And they're like, how do you know this stuff? And I said, I just research. Mm. Look through the history of stuff. Read books like Boom and Bust, The Cycle of Finance and all these things. And I'll push this out there. And everything I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I want people to research this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's not about me. It's about the betterment of us as people. But also I need to be careful that I can't force an agenda too much. No, no. I mean, you can only signpost. Um, and based off of your experience, you can only drop nuggets where you, where you can. Where you can. Mm. And like you said, if that gives permission for other people to then speak up and tell their stories or connect with your story yeah, or, you know, look into other people's, then, you know, that's all, that's all perfect. That's all, because it's all about, it's us. You said something when you're talking to the guy in the cab and you said, um, your love. Your love will drive you through this. Your yeah. love. Love is the most powerful energy that we have. Yeah. There's two energies that we have. And I learned this from watching The Green Lantern. Oh yeah. There's the Green Lantern, the Green Lantern core, and then there's the other one, which is the the yellow lantern. Mm. This is so crazy. Love and fear. Love and fear. Love is more powerful than fear. Mm. Fear is crippling. There are people that won't leave their house due to fear. Mm-hmm. There are people that can't get on planes, that they won't take jobs, they won't even it's, it's yeah, paralyzed. It's crippling. Like it's it's crippling. Fear. <clears throat> Those are the two balances of life, right? There's love hate but there's love and fear you see what i mean and mm. then i look at things like balance and yin yang and tao and all these different types of you know the seven chakras and as i go through cultures and i see all of these patterns of about balance and i look at love and i look at fear if fear doesn't drive you fear drives me because it's mm. my fear that my me i don't become who i need to become for my son that drives me but also it's my love of my son that drives me so i'm not going to ever deny the two and the fear of actualizing myself of me not becoming who i visualize myself is one of my biggest driving forces mm. i've weaponized it to be a positive for me but love is even more powerful love for this guy is even more powerful but there's a fear there's a fear that while he's driving his uber and he's being a paramedic he, he might there's sometimes he might not make ends meet for his daughter mm. but the love in that fear is driving him forward so you can use both. Again, you can you it's can leverage you it. it. You can leverage it. It's exactly. how you use it, and because love is also crippling as well. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can be. It's, it's how you use it, it's and you use it. Yeah. that's pretty much the essence of this conversation. Is how you've used it. It could have crippled you. Yeah, completely. I mean, anyone that's kind of gone through that or imagine going through that. Yeah, I just don't know what I would do personally. But um, you know, you've chosen to take the side of of love and to use it to elevate others and kudos to you man thank you um where can people reach out to you if (laughs) if they wanted to um so on twitter in which i will be active on twitter again from (laughs) um 
October. This October 2019. Um, it's Just Beckford. So it's twitter.com forward slash Just Beckford. Um, on Instagram, it's Just Beckford. I'm constantly active on Instagram at the moment. That's my main point. So it's Just Beckford at, um, on Twitter. Um, and sorry, on Instagram and my YouTube account is Just Beckford as well. Just Beckford. J-U-S-T-B-E-C-K-F-O-R-D. Yeah. And I'm in, we're in the works at the moment. So we just got some of the last contents to put on our website, which will be justbeckford.co.uk. Sick. So, and that's going to be my main pipeline. So everything's going to go through my website first before. So YouTube is not going to be the driving force of anything for me. I could use YouTube, Vimeo and stuff like that. I want to control. Yeah, 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 of course. Take back the control. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So um, how I engage with my audience or how I engage with, with people and have a personal touch with people. I want people to know that I'm human and, and human connect with humans. So absolutely, man. And that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. And I'm so grateful that you were open I'm so happy that you've, that we've spoken yeah it's incredible and in the in the light of what the the uber guy has did i think we should hug it out as well yeah we need to hug it out (laughs) if you're enjoying ryan nile show please support me on patreon search ryan nile show on patreon really appreciate your support um and I'll be dropping some exclusive content on there too. I'm looking to make 2020 a massive year for the show and for this mission and your support would be much appreciated. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, share on Spotify, share on your Instagram stories, DM me, tag me, subscribe on YouTube, that's Ryan Nile Show on YouTube and share with someone you think will get a lot from this episode.